0: Hey, my name's Jeremy, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Shelter Cove. And I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in with us today. I firmly believe you're going to be encouraged, you're going to be inspired, but most of all that God's going to do something through this message that's going to move you closer to Jesus. Thanks again for tuning in. There was a Baptist, a Baptist preacher that just uh, finished preaching his sermon at his church and he went to the back of the congregation and he greeted everyone on their way out and he was shaking their hands and uh, giving hugs to everybody and this little boy Jonathan came up to shake his hand. Jonathan was seven years old and the preacher said, Jonathan, how are you? He reached out his hand and Jonathan stuck something in the preacher's hand and uh, the preacher looked to see what it was and it was uh, a little bit of money. And the preacher looked back at Jonathan and said, Jonathan, uh, thanks so much, but I I don't want your money. And he said, no, please, please take it. And he said, Jonathan, why are you doing this? He said, well, because my dad said you're the poorest preacher we've ever had. (laughs) Church, today we're, we're talking about money, and I hope you're ready to have some fun. So if you have your Bibles, meet me in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21 is where we're going to be. Some of you are just getting that joke right now, and that's all right. Luke chapter 21, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. Also, grab your message notes out. Great way to track with us today. My name is Jeremy. I have the humble privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Shelter Cove. And if this is your first time here, I just want to say welcome. So glad that you're joining us today. Uh, we're in a three-week series titled Myths About Money. Last weekend, we looked at the myth of more and this whole idea, concept that so many of us buy into that if we only had more stuff or more money, then we would be happy. And yet the reality is, is that only a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can truly satisfy us. Amen? And then next week, we're looking at this uh, myth of ownership where we think that we actually own stuff or the things that we've uh, acquired is because of certain gifts gifts that we have and so we're going to debunk some of those myths but today what we're doing is looking at several myths of giving and this series is being done because it's all part of our mission statement reaching and raising authentic followers of Jesus so for us to be authentic is to be able to understand the, the biblical responsibilities that God's given us when it comes to money our word this year for the word is shine where in Matthew chapter 5 Jesus said let your light shine So that when people see your good deeds, they may uh, praise your father and in heaven. So we want to shine this year through every single area of our lives, including our generosity. Now, Luke was a doctor. Luke was somebody that would write very accurate historical accounts of what took place. And let's stand as we honor the reading of God's word. This is Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 1 says, Jesus looked up and saw the rich, put, rich pitting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Heavenly Father, in this moment, would you speak to our hearts? Would you open our hearts? God, if our our mindset, our our values, our our hearts need to change in any way, shape, or form when it comes to money, possessions, finances, God, would you change us from the inside out? God, I, I pray that you would speak through me tonight. With clarity, with passion, with boldness, and that your word would penetrate our hearts. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I believe there's many myths about giving. What I want to do today is I want to cover what I believe are the three biggest myths that so many people have uh, about Giving And so in your notes, we're going to dive into number one. Myth number one is simply this. I can't afford to give. I just don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough income. I don't have a good enough job. And we're going to see in just a moment from this widow that, that really that's a myth. Because here's the truth that I want us to focus on is that giving is not about my financial situation, but about my heart. I want to say that one more time. Here's the truth. Giving is not about my financial situation, but it's about my heart. And if we see one thing in this passage is that this this woman didn't have a whole lot to give, but God is so much more concerned about our hearts in giving than the amount that we actually give because it was getting close to the Passover time and what was happening is there were some kind of boxes or collection plates outside of the temple and people would drop in their coins because that's how they gave money. They didn't have dollar bills. Nobody was tearing off Benjamins, throwing those in the offering plates. No, it was all coins. And you would have rich people that would uh, drop in these coins and there'd be a clank, clank, clank. And then you'd have these Pharisees that were constantly looking around, making sure everybody was watching them put offering into the plate. And it would go clank, 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 clank. Clank, 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 and then a widow came up. What does she do? She gives just, just two mites, a couple pennies. Clink, clink. And you know what does Luke articulate? He sees. That, he says that Jesus was watching. Jesus was watching everybody that was giving their offering. Big amounts, small amounts. And this widow that gave two mites, which was all she had. See, the real myth here is is that there's not one person that can't afford to give. Why? Because giving is not the amount, it's about the heart. Jesus looked up and he saw the rich putting in their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper's coins. Jesus was watching. Why? Because it's not about the amount, it's about the heart. There was a farmer that came into the uh, church office one day and asked uh, to see the minister and he said to the receptionist, is the head hog of the trough there? And the receptionist said, sir, if you're talking about our beloved minister, uh, you can call him reverend or pastor. Pastor but I don't think it would be proper for you to refer to him as the head hog of the trough. And he said, well, uh, all right, Uh, I just sold a few things and I wanted to see if I could give $10,000 to the building fund. And the receptionist said, oh, just a minute, sir. I think I heard that little porker just come in. (laughs) And I think it's so crazy that we can be so focused on the amounts of money that people have, the amounts of money that we hear that people give. And yet in this story, Jesus isn't concerned about the amount, he's concerned about the hearts. Because if we're real honest, a lot of us here, we're, we're in a place where we struggle to give, uh, not because we can't, but because we've, we've wasted so much of God's resources, so much of God's money on stuff that doesn't really matter fast food, electronics, stuff for our cars, stuff for our homes. We've gotten ourselves in situations financially where we're in a bind. And I believe one of the greatest things that we could do until our finances are settled, until we're out of debt, is to just stop eating out. Stop spending on money, on things that we want, but that we don't necessarily need. In fact, if you haven't gone through uh, Dave Ramsey's class, Financial Peace University. That's going to be starting up in a couple weeks. And Dave Ramsey, who's an expert in finances, will teach us a few things. He's going to teach us how to create a budget, and he's going to create help us to get out of debt. Two powerful things that we could do: create a budget and get out of debt. Because for all of us, when we see this story of the widow, it's not that we can't afford to give. Maybe we've allowed ourselves to get in situations where it's created it to be very difficult for us to give. You know, in Jesus' day, the, the poor segment of society were, were widows. In fact, lots of times these offerings, uh, some of the money of these offerings were actually given to widows. And here, here's this widow, she, she has next to nothing, and what is she doing? She's... she's giving what she has so it can go to other widows. I mean, she should have been the recipient of other people's offerings. Why? Because it wasn't about the amount. It's all about the heart. If you get one thing today, I hope you get that, is that that giving is always a heart issue. I mean, Jesus is going to go on to say that she gave more than everybody else, not more from a financial perspective, but more from a heart perspective. Why? Because giving is always about the heart. And this isn't just individually, this is collectively as a church. I love what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, talking about the Macedonian believers. Here's a group of people that were in severe poverty. And yet, what does Jesus, or what does Paul say? Paul says that they were overwhelmed with generosity. In other words, don't miss this, you can be very poor, and very generous at the same time why it's all about the hearts well how are they able to be able to do this how are they able to be generous paul says that they gave themselves first to the lord then to the act of grace of giving we will always struggle to give until we get to a point where we have fully given our hearts to the lord but here's the, here's the first myth. I can't afford to give. And yet the truth is, giving is not about my financial situation, but about my heart. I mean, this widow was so poor, she was Paul. She couldn't even afford the R. She was just Paul. That was a joke. You should have laughed at that, all right? Myth number two is the church just wants my money the church just wants my money and let me be very upfront with you we want we want so much more than that we want you to serve we want you to sacrifice we want you to be in community we want you to have a consistent devotional life we want you to live a life where if your faith is real your commitment to Christ is real following Jesus is real, it will cost you. So we, we want so much more than your money. We want your hearts. Why? Because we believe that's what God wants. God doesn't want just some of our lives. He wants all of our lives. But the myth is the church just wants my money. But here's the truth. The church wants me to grow spiritually. I want you to grow. I want you to be in a different place next year than you are currently right now. Now, one of the things I love about Facebook is that you can go back and look at old pictures and remind yourself of how horrible you looked five, 10 years ago, right? Do you know what would be crazy is if you look back five, 10, 15 years ago and you looked exactly the same, you'd be like, something's, something's wrong. Pastor Chad showed a picture of me and my hair a couple weeks ago. And I am so glad I do not look like that today. The same is is true of our giving. We should be able to look back several years ago and say, you know what, I'm not in the same place that I was a couple years ago because my heart's not in the same place. I'm growing. I'm changing. I'm becoming more spiritually mature. See, God doesn't just want your money. God wants, he wants everything. I love what James 1 verse 4 says. says that we would be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 1, Paul says, Finally, brothers, then we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk to please God, that you do so more and more. In other words, there's this continual growth that keeps happening as a follower of Jesus Christ until we go home to be with him in glory. There is never to be a time where we just sit back and we feel like we've arrived in our walk with Christ. And one of the greatest reasons why we give is so that we would become more spiritually mature in our walk with Christ. And I believe there's there's five ways that we grow in our spiritual maturity, how giving consistently and faithfully will help us grow spiritually. Number one, giving exposes my priority and focus. It exposes my priority and focus. In fact, Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6, 19 and 20. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus is saying, don't, don't put your treasure on the things of this this world, but invest in heaven. He says later, he says, be kingdom-minded. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I think it's very interesting that eight out of 10 people who give to churches have zero credit card debt, and that was according to Pushpay in 2018. So when you look at the things that givers have in common, a lot of time it's because they're, they're sticking to a budget and they're being intentional to live within their means and stay out of debt. Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else so later you can live and give like no one else. You know, I think it's interesting how we don't want to miss our cell phone bill. And we don't want to miss our mortgage. And we don't want to miss our direct TV bill. So what do we do? We have that auto withdrawn right of, out of our accounts. What if God was so important that we said, you know what, God, every single month or every single week, I want to make sure that you are the greatest priority and focus in my life. So I went automatically out of the bank account to put you first and have a certain amount taken out every week. I mean, what what if... What if that was so important to us? Where we're like, God, I, w- I want you to be the first and I want you to be the best. Why? Because giving exposes my priority and focus. See these rich people in this story that, where Jesus is sitting and watching? Their giving didn't cost them anything. They were just, just giving They're extras, and one of my my greatest concerns as a church is that we would be people that that give to God, but it's not our first, it's not our best, it's not an act of love, it's it's just our leftovers. My wife is out of town this weekend, so pray for me. (laughs) Uh, I got the two boys, she took Hallie, it's Hallie's 10th birthday, Uh, she's going down south with Hallie, and it's it's amazing because before Kelly left, She pulled me out of the refrigerator, and she's like, Jeremy, I made you spaghetti. I've got soup for you. I just bought a chicken. Here's Caesar salad. Uh, There's sandwich stuff in the the fridge down low, and I'm like, are are, are you coming back? Like, she put put so much thought and effort in that. The one thing she didn't want to do is just say, Jeremy, just have some leftovers. You know how valued I felt? Because in that moment, I'm feeling like I was the focus and the priority of my wife. That what, that's what God wants to be in your life. In every single area, including your finances, he wants to be not only the focus, but he wants to be number one, the priority. Second of all, what does giving do? Giving draws me closer to God. God. Giving radically draws me closer to God. My daughter uh, goes to Freedom Elementary School and uh, over the last couple weeks, they have had a bunch of kids um, outside when you drop the kids off that say honk for kindness. And so of course, I'm, I'm all about kindness. So I honk, Bark, bonk, 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 I started just honking like crazy. My poor daughter, she gets out of the car and she just runs. And the, the next day, she's like, Dad, please don't ever honk your horn like that again. It embarrasses me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So I had to control myself and not, not do that. But I've seen other uh, bumper stickers. One is honk if you love Jesus. Uh, I heard another one that says uh, honk if you love Jesus and text while driving if you want to meet him. Right? <laughs> and then here's one, my, here's one of my favorites is tithe if you love Jesus. Any idiot can honk. I like that, isn't it? Isn't it kind of cool? In other words, the bumper sticker is saying, hey, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, allow your, your finances to show your love and devotion to God. Why, what does is, what is giving do? Giving draws me closer to God. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You want to find out what's important to you, what your real treasure is? Look at your wallet, your pocketbook, and find out where you spend your money. If you want to change that, start investing in the kingdom and watch your heart follow. It's a crazy thing how it works. When you you give to something, your heart will automatically follow. And I think for some of us, the greatest thing that we could do this weekend is start this act of obedience of putting God first in our finances and watch how God changes our hearts. Why? Because giving draws me closer to God. Valentine's Day was yesterday, as many of you know, and Kelly and I don't do a whole lot for Valentine's uh, Day, but uh, my wife got me a few things. She got me chocolate. Why? Oh, I almost spilled some. That would have been bad. She got me chocolate. You know why she got me chocolate? I love chocolate. <laughs> she, she got me this because she knows I absolutely love chocolate. And this is what else she got me. She got me a chocolate covered marshmallow, but that's gone. Um, and then she got me some beef jerky. Why do you think she got me beef jerky? Cause I'm a carnivore. I love beef jerky. Any vegetarians in the house? If you can have enough strength to raise your hand, feel free to do that, all right? I love having vegetarians over for uh, barbecues because they never eat very much meat, right? <laughs> but here's, here's what I got my wife. And she's out out of town. She doesn't know I'm showing you. I got her a uh, pair of socks, but I got this blanket. You know why? It's soft. It's cuddly, just like me, right? No, uh, it's, it's nice and soft and warm. Why? Because my, my wife likes that. I like beef jerky. I like chocolate. That's why I, got, I, I received that from my wife. She likes warm, fuzzy stuff. That's why I got that for her. What if we had that same mindset when we gave to God? God, God how can I bless you? What would you like? What, what, what would be something that I could give to you that would just put a smile on your face? Why? Because giving will draw me closer to God. Thirdly, what does it do? Giving makes me more like God. You want to become more like God give why because our God's a giver I I love this phrase you can give without loving but you can't love without giving and this is what it says in John 3 16 it says for God so loved the world that he gave he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. When we make the commitment to give to God, it makes us more like him. And isn't that the goal of every follower of Jesus Christ? That's, that's our mission statement. Reaching and raising authentic followers of Jesus. So a God that gives should have disciples that give. Giving makes me more like God. Fourthly, in your notes, what does giving do? Giving strengthens my faith. Giving strengthens my faith. See, this, this widow, she, she put in all she had. And don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to do that, all right? <laughs> she put in all she had. Now, if I were in her shoes, there's a couple questions I would be asking myself. God, how am I going to eat? God, how am I going to make it? God, where's the money going to come from? Where, where are my everyday needs going to be met? And yet she understood something. She understood that giving increases our faith. I love what the Proverbs says. Proverbs chapter three, verse five puts it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. One of the greatest ways to grow in your faith and trust God is by giving to him first and trusting that God will supply for every single one of our needs, not all of our wants, but every single one of our needs. And watch what he does. He does. You know, in the past, I've had the the privilege to uh, do a 90-day tithe challenge where I've encouraged people to trust God with a tithe. It's the one area in the Bible where God says, test me. Test me and and watch me bless you. I I believe in the scriptures that much that I, I said, hey, if you're not more blessed after 90 days, I'll give you all your money back. And I think I've done that five years in a row and not one time have I ever had somebody come up to me and say, pastor, I took the tithe challenge and I'm not more blessed after 90 days. I did have somebody say, you know what? Financially, I'm not better off, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because I've grown more in this last 90 days than I've ever grown in my life. Why, what does giving do? Giving increases our faith. Proverbs 3 verse 9 puts it this way, honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of all your produce. Thirteen different times in the Old Testament, when it, when it came to the harvest, God said, I, I, I want your first fruits. First fruits, it's the Hebrew word for bacurium, which means the promise to come. God's like, put me first and, and watch the way that I'll bless you. It's the first, it's the best. Why? Because God wants to be our greatest priority and it automatically increases our faith. See, here's the, here's the reality. God, God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need my money. He a thousand cattle on a hill. He, he, he has it all. But what does He want? He wants our hearts. And He wants us to trust Him completely. Proverbs 11.25 says a generous person will prosper. But not only does giving increase my faith, fifthly, giving reveals my spiritual maturity. Giving reveals my spiritual maturity. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7 puts it this way. But as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge in all earnestness, And in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also, this act of giving, this act of generosity. What does giving do? It reveals my spiritual maturity. See, one of the things that God wants for all of us is for us to be faithful. Despite what's going on in life. He wants us to stay true to his word, regardless of what the, the culture is doing. He wants us to stay faithful to our spouse, re- regardless of maybe how they're, they're talking to us or, or treating us or uh, the temptation that's going on in our own heart and mind. He wants us to be faithful to our character. But I also believe he wants us to be faithful in our giving, in the highs and the lows, when we have a lot, when we have a little. He wants us to be faithful. It was about 4 weeks ago I had the privilege to go down to Disneyland on going to this new ride called The Rise of the Resistance. And I'm not going to give it away. It's a, a new uh, ride that just came out at Disneyland and Star Wars land. How many of you have heard of it or been on it? Anybody? Good, four of you. It's a great ride. All right. Uh, you got to go on it when you go there. But here, here's what I was amazed. They had so many employees that were a part of this experience. And as you're getting ready to go on the ride, there were employees that could not break character. No matter what was going on, they had to act like mean and like they were in the military and sir, and they they were like this. And so I saw this lady's name that worked there and she was just looking at me and trying to scare me. And so I'm like, I'm going to try to make her break. I'm going to try to get her out of character, right? So I looked at her name and her name was Hillary. So I looked at her and said, hi, Larry. And she turned away just for a moment, trying not to laugh, and she's like, you think you can make me laugh? And I'm like, maybe. But I was trying to get her to break character and she wouldn't do it. And I love that because there are times in life where we will tempted to be tempted to fall away from the word of God. We will be tempted to break our Christian character. We will be tempted to not to give to God because we're struggling with our faith. But when we give to God... Giving reveals my spiritual maturity. Jesus put it this way in verse 3 of Luke 21. And he said to them, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. Than all of them. There's there's a powerful work that God does in our lives. And so, so the greatest reason why I want us to give and be a giving church so that we can We can grow in our spirituality. Now, is my hope in prayer, am I passionate about what God could do if we all gave generously? Yes, I'm passionate about that. I mean, I think about the staff we could hire. I think about the events we could do. I think about the outreach that could take place. I think about the campuses that we could launch. I think about the, the mortgage that could be wiped out. I think about the future buildings on this campus, all of that stuff I'm passionate about. But at the end of the day, giving's all about the heart. And at the end of the day, giving is a reflection of our spiritual maturity. Thirdly, what's the third, the third myth? The third myth is as long as I give my money, that's all that matters. As long as I'm giving a tithe, as long as I'm giving above and beyond, as long as I'm putting something in the offering plate, that's all that matters. And yet, here's, here's the truth. Is that God cares about how I give to him. In other words, I want to say it one more time, God cares about your heart. He doesn't just care about what you give, he cares about how you give it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, do we have it on the screen? It says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What does it mean to give with the right heart? Number one, it's to give with the right attitude. It's to give with the right attitude. God loves a cheerful giver. Am I giving with a spirit of thankfulness? Am I giving with a spirit of joy, a spirit of desiring to be generous? Am I giving in a cheerful way? Or am I giving out of obligation? Am I giving because I have to? (laughs) That just came out. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) But even as I did that, I wonder if that's what God sees in our hearts when we give at times. Isn't that crazy? I mean, God, God, I think, just sees some of us. We're just like, man, I just, God, here's Here's my gift filled with joy, I'm cheerful, and there's others of us were holding on. Blah, 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 blah. Can, can can you imagine like somebody giving you a gift at Christmas and holding on to it and not really wanting to give it to you? How would you feel? How would you respond? I I, I don't know about you, but I'd be like, I don't really want your gift. I wonder how often we go to give to God with the wrong heart, and the wrong attitude, and God's like, I don't want your gift because I want something so much deeper than that. I want your heart. We give with the right attitude, but second of all, in your notes, we give with the right mindset. It's a mindset. And this is what it says in First Corinthians chapter 16. Paul writes this, on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up. As he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. I love this strategy and intentionality on the first day of every week. Each of you is to, to put something aside. So I don't know if that's every week. You know, for some of you, it's every time you get paid, which is every other week. For some of you, it's once a month. Here's the key, is that it's strategic, it's intentional, and that God... Doesn't get your leftovers. You ever been at a restaurant and somebody's offered you their leftovers? It's disgusting. (laughs) I had all I want, especially when it's ice cream. It's like, I don't want your melted ice cream. When somebody gives you the first bite. Oh, so good. So good. I want to introduce you to Luke and Nikki Van Tassel. And I just want you to hear and watch and see their journey of generosity.
1: When uh, when we got married, we told ourselves, we agreed uh, one year, you know, in one year, it was our goal, we're gonna buy a house. And one one year felt like uh, a week. And uh, we took a snapshot of where we were and we were in more debt. After one year of marriage, than when we started, and so it's pretty abundantly clear that um, you know there's, they, that you learn that there's different types of how people use money. Some are savers and some are spenders. We're both spenders.
2: Mm. So we started this class um, in August of last year, and when we started, we had what did you say, thirty thirty-one thousand thirty-one thousand dollars in debt, yep. and. Um, that first class we cut up five credit cards, which was really good for us, yeah. And um, now we are in February of 2020 and we haven't used a single credit card since then, which is good.
1: We <laughs> it's funny, um, we through this process we gave more last year than we ever have. Um, we we I started the 90-day Tithe challenge in 2018, and um, I put my faith there in God, and I said, "All right, my, you know, the money you blessed me with is yours." And um, so I faithfully tied, even though you're looking at a budget and you see 10%, and you go, "Man, that would, I mean, that would make this bill and that bill and that bill, and we'd pay down debt so much faster." And uh, we made the decision that that no. You know we're gonna continue to tithe faithfully throughout this even though we're trying to put every dollar we have towards debt we continue to trust God and um, even in those months that you just thought there's no way we're gonna make it I, I, I overextended and I put too much towards paying stuff off and I didn't keep enough cash for the end of the month um, God was faithful um, small odd jobs last-minute clients it's just Things that you would never expect just come up and you know it's God. You know it's him providing for you throughout the whole process.
2: I think if anyone out there does want to take an FPU class or is considering it because they are so overwhelmed with debt and unsure of how and if they'll even be able to get out of it, um, you should go for it because We've done so much already in six months, and God's got us, and he's definitely got you too.
1: Live like no one else now, so you can live and give like no one else later. And um, it's so true that I I I want instant gratification, and I want it now. But to to truly have a a difference and an effect on people's lives, it's going to take some change in my life.
0: Isn't that awesome, church? Come on, we can appreciate them. That's, that's their journey of generosity. And uh, I hope you leave here today with, with the truth about giving, that it really is all about the heart. That as, as a church, we want you to grow spiritually. And that it's not about the amount, it's about the, the attitude that we, we give with. Before we close, what I want you to do is there's a, a card in the seat back in front of you. I'd love for everybody to grab this out just for a moment. It's titled The Journey of Generosity. On the front, on the, uh, it says it's not about the amount, it's about the heart. And uh, I've found that when people put to heart this whole journey of generosity, it impacts them and changes them like never before because for the first time, they step out in faith and they trust God. And so on the far left, uh, you know, over 50% of people that go to church, they never give anything. That's on the far left. It's, it's looking at this side that says faithful and consistent. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you're on the far left and you don't, you don't give anything, I just want to encourage you. I want to lovingly challenge you to start a commitment to consistently give an amount, and, and maybe that's $20 a week. Maybe you're, you're a single mom here, and you're on welfare. You don't even know how to make it. Maybe it's, it's, it's $5. Maybe it's $100. I, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's making a commitment to put God first in your life. But maybe you're already doing that, and you're saying, you know what? I, I need to take that next step because I've started, but I, I want to grow. And that's the second little heart an increase in my current consistent giving. Maybe you've been giving $20 a week and you want to give $40 a week. And then there's a the next group where it's a, a jump is to the tithe. And I, I believe that this is, a, this is a great starting point in the scriptures. For some of you, it's way too much. That's why we've, we've put some baby steps because here's my heart. I want everybody to be a part of this. If you're in a place today where you're like, hey, I, I can only give $1 a week, God knows your heart. It's not about the amount, it's about your heart, but, but, but a tithe, we see this in Scripture, we see it in the Old Testament, we see Jesus affirming this in the New Testament. And then nextly, it's, it's above and beyond, and that's, that's where my wife and I are right now. We, we not only give tithes, we give offerings. Offerings are above and beyond our tithes. We give, uh, obviously, to, here to Shelter Cove, more than 10%, but we'll support different uh, missionaries and groups and, and whatnot as the Lord places that upon our heart. And then, and then lastly, there's special projects. You know the lights that we do at Christmas time along the, the, the side of the building? It's cost a lot of money. Those are all privately donated outside of our budget for people that have a huge heart for the lost. They want to give above and beyond. They want to give special gifts. Our, our helicopter that we're going to have at um, our extravaganza, uh, that's, been, that's been donated by somebody that has a huge heart for the lost. That doesn't come out of... Our, our budget that comes from from people that say, you know, I've got such a heart for ministry, such a heart for paying down the debt, such a heart for missions our youth that, that I wanna give special gifts above and beyond. I'm gonna do something different this year. Uh, I'm gonna ask that, that you take a step of faith. I'm gonna ask that you feel this out. I'm gonna ask that you feel in the heart so that you can keep taking that stair step. My, my prayer, my goal is, is that I would get to a place that Kelly and I would be somewhere where we're able to fund special gifts because we're we're able to be that that generous. That's that's our goal. But I want you to to fill that out with faith and a commitment. I want you to sign your name. I want you to date it, and I want you to keep it. I want you to turn this into me. I'm not going to see this. Our staff isn't going to see this. The only person that's going to see it beside yourself is God and whoever else you show it to. But my prayer is that as a church, we would honor God in every single area of our life, especially our finances, and watch what God does. I wanna give you 30 minutes, or not 30 minutes, that'd be a long time, all right? Church is gonna be done at midnight. I wanna give you 30 seconds to just take a moment, prayerfully consider this, fill this out, and then it, whether you keep it in your Bible, whether you keep it next to your wallet, whether you keep it in a place where you would see it on a regular basis, that would be awesome. I, I believe the right place, the starting place to give is, is, is to the bride of Christ, it's to the church. Church is, is, is the hope of the world. The church is the greatest mission statement of reaching and raising authentic followers of Jesus. That's the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ. It's God's plan A to reach the lost. So I wanna give you just another moment and then I just wanna pray for you. God, your word is clear. Where our treasure is, there our hearts will be also. And so God, all of us, would you help us in this this journey of generosity? Would you help us to have hearts that ultimately want to worship Jesus? God, we love you, and we trust you. Help us in this journey. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, let me me just close with with one final thought. My my prayer for you is that you would be blessed. My prayer for you. I believe one of the greatest ways that we're blessed is by by walking in obedience to God. If If you're here tonight and you say, Jeremy, I have no idea how I'm gonna eat tomorrow. I have nothing. I don't, I don't know where I'm going to stay. Uh, like this, this isn't even possible right now. I want you to call the church next week. And, and we will figure out a way. You have to meet with somebody who wants to figure that all out. But if you're in that dire of a need, my prayer is that every single one of you would live the blessed life. That's my prayer. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.